Hi, welcome back to our exploration into the heart of Christian service. And I trust that you've memorized the definition for ministry, so please, if you would, recite it along with me. Ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. And previously, we've looked at the first three elements of Christian ministry, which are divine resources, human needs, and last time we looked at uh, loving channels. And today what we're going to look at is the fourth and most important element, and that is the glory of God. And it's also uh, a, oftentimes it's a hard thing to, uh, to nail down, the glory of God. It is, however, the most important because that's what salvation and ministry are all about. He saved us to the praise of the glory of his grace, Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, verses 6, 12, and 14. And he commands us, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. I exhort you to read those verses on your own. Uh, if our motive for serving is anything but for the glory of God, then what we will be doing will be only uh, religious activity. It will not be true Christian service. And the most deceiving thing about that is that we may actually be helping people in one way or another as we go along, but God will not be able to bless in the way he wants to bless because uh, he has to get the glory. That's what it's all about. And if you think about counterfeit currency, I'll give you a little illustration here or, uh, to drive this point home. If you think about a counterfeit bill, uh, if undetected, that counterfeit bill, as it passes from one hand to another, it will actually do good along the way. And it will do so as long as it goes undetected until it finally reaches its place of final judgment. And that is the bank. And at that time, it will be rejected. And um, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels or motives of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. And isn't that what we're looking for when we, when this life is over and we stand before God? Don't we want to hear him say that he was glorified in our service and that we were faithful and we executed the plan for our lives and we did all our service to give him the glory. Isn't that what we want to hear, that we were faithful in service to him? So uh, if not, it should be. And uh, and that's what we're, we're trying to strive for. And once again, the phrase, the glory of God, is one that is oftentimes very hard to nail down. I mean, really, how do we really know uh, that what we're doing is, is glorifying God? Well, for one thing, uh, we... Uh, we can't explain what maybe is happening and people didn't expect it to happen. And uh, if you remember, we, we, uh, we, uh, showed you a quotation from Bob Cook in a previous video. And, and what he had said was, if you can explain what's going on, then God didn't do it. So anyway, that's one way. And the thing about the way God works, God will often, uh, he works, uh, he's, his work is unpredictable. And he oftentimes will actually go contrary to our five senses, uh, what the five senses world would, would dictate. So he likes to do that. Now, he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. But he, he likes to, uh, to change things up. 
and uh, he does things contrary to what we might expect. And we have to have our heads in the Word. We have to be reading and studying His Word. We have to walk by the Spirit. Because the Spirit blows where it wishes, and we have to uh, be alert, and we have to set our sails, so to speak, in the right direction. And you can't do that without having your head in the Word of God. And you have to be walking by the uh, Spirit. And uh, here's a real eye-opening, important statement. It's possible to succeed in Christian work and be a failure in Christian ministry. Wow. Does that open your eyes or what? You see, in the, in the life of a Christian believer, prosperity and success aren't to be measured according to the standards of the world. These blessings are the byproducts of a life devoted to God and his word. Uh, if you set out on your own to become pros prosperous and successful, and that can be in ministry or in your own, in anything else in life, uh, you may live, you may achieve your goal and live to regret it. The Scottish novelist, uh, George MacDonald, uh, he said, in whatever man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. Wow. I mean, that's a very, very sobering thought. And if, if you look at Psalm 106, Psalm 106 is an exhortation to praise God. So I would exhort you and encourage you to read that entire psalm. But for, uh, for our, our purpose today and to, for, for time's sake, we're going to read from verses 12 to 15. I'm reading from the King James. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. And I like the way the New Living Translation puts, uh, sets forth uh, verse 15. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent the plague along with it. Wow. Uh, you see, God is glorified when people see the Lord and not the servant. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5.16 You have to decide whether you will be a servant or a celebrity. Whether you'll magnify Christ or promote yourself. And you can see that Paul talks about that in Philippians 1 verses 20 and 21. Read that on your own, please, as well. Um, and because we don't always understand our own motives, it's possible to be in Christian service for reasons other than the glory of God. Wow. I mean, does that hit home or what? I mean, it's, it's a very important, important and eye-opening statement. And, and these things that I, we're just talking about here, I, I think I want to park it here a little bit because we need to uh, take a look at this because it's really important. Uh, and we, we have to make sure that, that God is glorified in what we're doing. Um, one thing that I, that I saw which was pretty cool was, uh, and I've actually used that, uh, and I know it was God, but um, we, uh, we on the Ephesians Project website, we we have a, we have three foundational principles, and uh, 
the first one is love is the motivator. But the one that I wanted to talk about a little bit right here is uh, humble confidence. And that is a neutralizer. Humble confidence is a neutralizer, which will stop pride from from um, setting setting in. And Beth Moore did a teaching one time. And this was really cool. And it really um hit the mark for me because it was something, you know, I was looking at. This was even before I, I started the Fusions Project. And uh, <clears throat> and anyway, uh, she did a teaching on humble confidence. And it's basically we take two verses, uh, John 15, 5, and we put that together with, with Philippians 4.13. Now, John 15.5 is the verse where Jesus is, is talking about himself being the vine and we're the branches. Without him, we can do nothing. And then Philippians 4.13, Paul's talking about we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So you see, when you take the two verses together, it shows us that without Christ, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do everything. And wow, I mean, if you have any uh, sense of pride creeping in, uh, wow, go to these two verses, put them together and and just chew on that a while. And I mean, and meditate on that a while. And that should neutralize uh, any pride that might might set in. Um, Luke 14, another great. This is a really a great chapter. Luke 14 deals with humility. And it also deals with um, what's required to uh, to serve Christ, to be a disciple. Uh, in our case, it would be Christian ministry. But in any kind of Christian ministry, there has to uh, you have to it has to cost you something. Your service to God has to cost you something. And um, in verse eleven of chapter fourteen, it, it it's and this is a section dealing with humility. It says, for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Um, you see, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you if he wishes to do so. But if you exalt yourself, God will drop you down or bring you to your knees. I mean, he will do that to humble you. If you can't humble yourself, he will humble you. So it's better to serve God humbly to his glory. And if he chooses, he can then exalt you. And if not, you're serving to the glory of God. And when again, when when it's time and you appear before him, you will hear him say, you were a faithful servant to me and I got glory out of your service. And I mean, that should be reward in itself for him saying that. But this Luke 14 is really a, really a dynamic chapter. So I exhort you, you need to read this chapter. Because then also, I mean, one of the things too, I mean, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you invite people maybe to your house for dinner? Uh, or why do you give somebody a gift? Is it because you want they, you know, something back from them. Do you invite somebody to dinner so that to your house so that you know you invite people because you know they're going to return and return the invite to you? Do you give per people a present or a gift knowing that they're going to return the gift to you at some point? You know, see that, that can be an issue in, in, in our lives and in our Christian service. But this again, Luke 14, 
in uh, in verse 14, it says, And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And what that's talking about, like verse 13, it says, But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, because, and thou shalt be blessed, because they can't recompense. They cannot be recompensed. In other words, you invite people uh, that you know, in your heart, you absolutely know they can never recompense you. You give people gifts because you know absolutely that they cannot give you a gift back. See, and that's something that we have to uh, strive for as well, because if we're not doing that, you know, if we're going the other way, then God's not getting glory out of that. Um. It talks about, we talked about um, being a servant or a celebrity. You could promote yourself or magnify Christ. Uh, Christ, Jesus Christ did everything to help people. And, and, and he did miracles all day long. Every day he was healing people and, and doing his ministry. But people complimented him often. And he would reply... Um, or declare or have to remind people that he was not the one to get the glory, but my father in heaven who gets the glory. So how do you respond if somebody compliments you or your ministry? You know, how do you respond to that? Um, there was a, a church, a church in Melbourne, Australia, and um, well, basically what happened, the moderator of the church uh, he was introducing a missionary or a mission mission founder. Uh, he was he was in doing an introduction and he gave this guy a very flattering introduction. And when that individual got to the podium, he he quietly said, dear friends, I am the little servant of an illustrious master. You see, that's how we have to answer. Uh, the late A.W. Tozier was once uh, presented uh, to a congregation in a similar manner. And I like this response that he gave. He said, all I can say is, dear God, forgive him for what he said, speaking of the, the person who introduced him, and forgive me for enjoying it so much. So that was pretty cool. And I really like that. But see, that's giving glory to God. But how do you accept compliments? You see, um, and and on the other side of that, how do you compliment others? You see, sometimes you have to be careful in how you compliment someone else, because then if they don't receive it right, then then what what your compliment will actually cause them possibly not to give glory to God, you see? So you have to be very careful in receiving compliments and giving compliments. So we have to kind of like, we have to uh, try to get back to what, what Jesus, how Jesus did it. Always giving glory to the Father, never, never taking credit uh, for anything he did. He never took credit. He always gave, gave compliments uh, or gave glory to his Father. So we have to be very careful in that area. But these are things that we can do that uh, that we will glorify God. And and in your self-evaluation, you see, that's why I say you have to continually evaluate our hearts because we can, these are things that are normal. I mean, it's it's normal to to graciously accept the comment. Um, 
and and that's what we do, don't we? Uh, you know, thank you, uh, or or you know, we get puffed up a little bit, and some you know, in the world, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, but. We can't do that with Christian ministry. So we have to strive to give glory to God. And um, what about your words? You know, that's that's a, a key place to go. What words are coming out of your mouth? Because your words come from your heart. Your words come from your thoughts. Words come from thoughts. The heart checks your thoughts for accuracy and integrity. And what comes out of your mouth, basically, is what you believe in your heart, for the most part. And And... Your behavior is a is a is is a result of your thought life and and your words. So you know, evaluate your word. Listen to what you're saying. You know, are you murmuring? Uh, how about how about in relationship to someone else's gifting? You know, how do you react to someone else's gifting? Uh, do you covet their gifts? Are you trying to imitate their gifts? Uh, do you speak against, speak out and against someone else who is operating in their gift, gifting and get, maybe getting blessed for it? See, these are all little things. And these things all pull our ministry or pull our hearts away from giving glory to God. So, uh, in your self-evaluation, these things need to, uh, need to be checked. And don't go into condemnation over any of this, but this is this is just little things on how, because we're talking about the glory of God, how do we know that our ministry is glory, giving glory to God? It's, it's when we can ask ourselves the questions and take a good look at ourselves and our motives and our, our, our heart and how we, are, what our behavior and the words that are coming out of our mouth, when we can look at all that and and then say, yes, okay, uh, God is getting glory from uh, my ministry. Um, the other thing is, uh, the next point is that God is jealous of his glory. So this is, again, why we have to be careful, because in Isaiah 42.8, uh, King James, uh, in Isaiah 42, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. And in uh, the New Living Translation, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, I will not give my glory to anyone else, excuse me, nor share my praise with carved idols. The God does not he will not give his glory to anyone else. He's a very jealous God, and he, he, he is jealous of his glory. And if he doesn't get it, you know, what can I tell you? <laughs> um, so, you know, you think about in today's world, you think about image and, and everything else like that. Uh, you know, a political, probably the best place, the best illustration is political candidates. Uh, who do you think, uh, well, when you think of a speechwriter for a political candidate, you would think that that is an important, that person is an important part of the team. And you would be right in saying that. However, uh, what makes the speechwriter's importance pale is the importance of the media expert who sells the candidate to the viewers. I mean, we don't have to go uh, too far back in, in our in our recent history to see where 
you can have people that um, have no record, no job history or record of doing anything substantial, and yet through the media experts that the image was created to invoke a, a popularity and uh, maybe a election win based on uh, image and image alone. And you see, when we find ourselves more concerned about our image than our character and our work, then we stop glorifying God. And uh, that's another uh, another key point. And also, when your service produces fruit, God is glorified. Jesus said in John fifteen eight, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. You see, there's a difference between fruit and results because you can get results by uh, by following any kind of surefire formulas. You can get it by manipulating people. See, motive is not um, important in getting results. Motive is important in glorifying God. Motive is important in the fruit bearing, but not in getting results. You can get results from uh, from uh, with all kinds of different motives, good and bad. I mean, you can turn on your charisma. You can you can be uh, uh, charismatic. You can be use your charm to get things done, manipulate people. Uh, we talked about that. But fruit comes from life, and when the spirit of life is working through the word of life, then the seed planted bears fruit, and that fruit has in it seed for more fruit. Genesis one eleven and twelve. Results are counted and soon become uh, uh, silent statistics, but living fruit remains and continues to multiply to the glory of God. And uh, see, that's what it's all about. Your ministry, if you're producing fruit, that will live on. But if it's just getting results, then eventually it, it'll just be forgotten. And, you know, we don't want that. Um, another important um, another, uh, more evidence, I should say, more evidence that your work is glorifying God is that it's the enemy opposes what you're doing. You know, Paul announced, uh, for a great and effective door is open to me and there are many adversaries, 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Opportunities and adversaries usually go together and adversaries can create new opportunities. Uh, Satan will encourage those who magnify themselves and depend on the flesh, but he hates it when the Spirit of God is at work bringing glory to Jesus Christ. See, uh, Satan does not want Jesus or God to get any glory. Uh, he wants, so if you're promoting yourself and, and you're getting giving glory to yourself, uh, he loves that. So, you know, um, so if, if you're getting some opposition to your ministry, uh, again, receive that as a uh, maybe a confirmation that uh, you're on the right track of, of of giving glory to God. And you know, some things I thought about too is see, see, Satan wants to get you off the path. God has that plan for your life. Satan wants to get you off the off the path, and he'll use whatever he can in your life to get you off the plan. And he knows what'll work in your life. Uh, and and I thought about this, you know, even in relationship to what we uh, relating to what we spoke of a little a few minutes ago, that you see, see, in that path 
On that path, Satan may put up mirrors. This is a cool thought. Satan may put up mirrors. And, and what do I mean by that? Because now you're walking. See, you could be walking down the path that God has has for you. And you might be giving glory to God. And then Satan's got these mirrors along the paths. So that, you know, and I don't know about you, but what I've noticed is people, it's very hard for some, for someone to walk by a mirror without looking at it. And see, what happens is you could be focused and you could be operating in your ministry and God's plan for your life and you're giving glory to God and then all of a sudden you see the mirror and you look. Now it's back on you. And if you're not careful, you could put the, you know, switch from giving God the glory to promote yourself, see. And that was a cool thought. And I believe it was a God thing that, you know, that that thought it was a, it's a it's a it's it's a good illustration that, that for me anyway, uh, that I, I see that, uh, mirror situation. Another, another one, another thought I had was, uh, is your ministry, are you operating your ministry by inspiration or perspiration? And I thought that was pretty cool too. I mean, uh, these are all little, little thoughts you get, you know, and, uh, see again, that could be God working, um, Giving you these little thoughts and, and which, which will help. See, that helps me to see it better. And, um, you know, God will work with you and, and show you things and give you little thoughts, um, that will drive something home in your heart. But anyway, uh, problems, problems in ministry are going to give you two opportunities. The opportunity to glorify God or the opportunity to glorify yourself. And you see, that's why, again, the mirror situation. I, I like that illustration. Um, and, and it's, I think it's a really a good one. And you have to go no further than Moses. In, in Exodus 32, I exhort you to read that as well. But while Moses was on the mount getting his instructions from the Lord, the people of Israel, became impatient and asked Aaron to make them a new god. We all know this story. And Aaron made a golden calf, and the people held a feast that involved not only idolatry, but immorality. So we all know the record in Exodus. Uh, I exhort you to read that again. But here's, here's, here's an interesting thing, though. The Lord knew what was going on. Now, the people, uh, Moses didn't. Uh, the, uh, the Lord knew what was going on, and he told Moses about that. He says in verse 7, your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Then God tested Moses by making him an offer. He would destroy Israel and create a new and greater nation of Moses and his descendants. And that's verse 10. And a lesser man would have jumped at the chance to be a founder of a new nation. I mean, he's given him a chance to be a founder of a new nation here. But Moses, being the man that he was, turned it down. And he, he pleaded with the Lord to forgive his people because Moses' great concern was not for himself, but for the glory of the Lord. And Moses was willing to actually, in verse 30 to 35, he was willing to lay down his life so that Israel might be spared. Now, that's a true servant of God. And uh, he was only concerned with giving God the glory, not promoting himself. And... For, and for leadership, this, see, this, this is for leadership, and leadership can be, a, 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 you know, whatever it is. I mean, you could be in charge of your little, you may be in parking ministry, and you may be in charge or uh, 
you know, there might be all the all the parking attendants, parking ministry people, um, volunteers, and and you may be in charge of those. Uh, so this applies for any leadership position or or anything where you have people you're responsible that you're responsible for. It could be a father or a mother in a home, you know. So whatever applies in your life, uh, and pastors, of course, this applies to a pastor uh, big time. See, because the people of Israel didn't know the battles that Moses was fighting for them on the mount. Just as like if any of the people you're responsible for don't know the battles that you're fighting, the struggles that you're going through on their behalf. Um, That's why you see this is big for pastors. But personal sacrifice is insignificant in the grand scheme of things uh, when you live and serve for the glory of God alone. And, and again, that'll work in, in whatever ministry you're in. Um, but for pastors, it's a really a, uh, a, an eye-opening thought as well. Uh, because pastors sometimes in churches, there, there may be, uh, um, there's a lot of times there's grumblings and, 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 uh, division and stuff like that. And this can really help a pastor, uh, when, you know, when you can really line up uh, the Moses situation here with your own situation in your church. Uh, but this again will work in whatever ministry you are in. And, and you have to remember to heed these words. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Again, 1 Corinthians 10 31. So, you know, you want to do everything you do to the glory of God. You want to, Help people. You want to do your uh, do your ministry work. You want to bless people, um, but you have to do it to the glory of God. And you can never promote yourself. You have to promote, um, you know, give God the glory. And you just have to. It's very important that you constantly look, you know, at yourself. Not again to go into condemnation, but you want to keep yourself. Uh, in the frame of mind, in the frame of heart, of having an attitude of gratitude and to bless, uh, bless God, to do the glory, to, to give him all the glory. Because we're human and it's too easy. Uh, I mean, it's very easy for us to get off the path. And again, Satan will, you know, if Satan doesn't come full force. Satan's used the subtleties and he just needs, you know, like when you're walking the path, you know, think about it. You go off a little bit, and eventually you're way out here. So Satan will try to get you off a little bit. And again, those mirrors, that's why to me it's such a great illustration. Uh, you know, you're going like that, all of a sudden you see the mirror, and now you're over here. You know, so maybe the mirror is a little bit off here. you got to go over here and look at it. I don't know. Whatever works for you. But... Anyway, so until next time, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be looking at some, some, some great things next time as well. And, uh, I trust these are, uh, blessing your life a little bit anyway. And, um, just want to try to keep, keep God, keep from, uh, giving ourselves glory instead of giving it to God. So anyway, Tony Mangon signing off and, uh, have a great week and, uh, see you next time. God bless.